welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. I'm here on divine assignment today to provide you with a divine injection, and hopefully you'll leave this place with a spiritual infection. I, I hope you understand that this won't be church as usual. I'm not a I'm not an ordinary average person. I, I actually despise ordinary. So let's let's go ahead and jump into the word because God has been dealing with me about this for a while, and it, it's is I believe it's on time. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to First Samuel chapter eight, the Old Testament, First Samuel chapter eight. We have to mine out treasures out of the old and the new. Amen. So I, I want to go a little old school today, if that's all right. First Samuel chapter eight, and I'll begin reading with the first verse. And the word of God declares, it says, now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, look, you're old. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He'll appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he'll take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He'll take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he'll take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He'll take a tenth of your sheep and you'll be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said, no. But we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. And I want to speak from the topic of be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. 
And, and, I, and, and I just love this story so much because I, I, I just feel the righteous indignation of Samuel welling up in this story. It says, you know, Samuel was getting old. All of us are going to have to face that reality at some point in our lives. And but Samuel had a succession plan. It said, you know, he Samuel realizing that he was old. He made his sons judges over Israel. It's been said that success without a successor is failure. So if you want to if you want to be different, if you want to be original, you have to you have to plan things in advance. You have to try to figure out early. What does my life mean? What do I want my life to look like? How do I want to be remembered? So you have to think ahead. But then his sons, they were they were a bit of rotten apples. It says that they didn't walk in his ways and they turned after dishonest gain and took bribes and perverted justice. And some some things had to change. So so the elders took it upon themselves to come to Samuel and say, we got a bit of a problem, Samuel. Now, we, we have very few options. Option one is you get getting old. Everybody can see that you get getting old, Samuel. Second, your, your, your sons, your sons just aren't living right. So the only other logical thing that we can do is to get a king like everybody else. Now, after they examined the truth of that situation, it was true that Samuel was old. It was true that his kids were riding apples. But the only other option they saw was to be like everybody else. And I just wonder, I just wonder if they ever considered the fact that God may have wanted to do something different. Just just maybe God wanted to do something different. But the only thing they said was we want to be like everybody else. Be careful what you pray for. And it's amazing how whenever you don't know what to do, you always revert back to the thing that you knew how to do well. So in times like now where financial times are tight, you know, people who were saved who may have been hustlers back in the day may say, well, you know, things are rough right now. But back in the day, I knew how to make it if I had to. And so they think about all these types of things. They, they try to go back to where God has delivered them out of. You have to be careful what you prayed for. Verse six says, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And so Samuel prayed to the Lord. And, 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 and in this specific verse, I saw myself in this. Because I, I've, I've been serving that word of faith faithfully for almost eight years now. And, 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 and Bishop is my daddy. I don't care what you say. He, he's not my daddy by blood, but he's my daddy by covenant. And I tell you, when, 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 when somebody says something to Bishop that's out the way, I, I take it personally. I'm just going to be a little honest if, if that's all right. I, you know, I, I, I sort of take it personally. And I, feel, I, I just feel the righteous indignation that Samuel felt because it says this thing displeased the Lord. Samuel took it personally. But I like what Samuel did. The demand of the Lord, it, 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 it troubled Samuel's spirit to the point that he sought the Lord. Now, whenever things trouble your spirit, I think we get a great key here. If something troubles your heart, your mind, your spirit, seek God first. You know, don't, don't, don't pick up the telephone and call your girlfriend and talk about, can you believe what this man done done again? You know, brothers, don't, 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 don't run off to, to call your partners to go out and you know, try to get your mind off it and and just complain about what your wife is doing or not doing. Seek God first. And I just love what God I just love God's response in verse seven. He says, and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. Now, you, you got to imagine. I just I, I just crack up when I read this because Samuel, I can only imagine him saying, excuse me, God. You, you said you said do what? Heed the voice of the people. This is a theocracy, not a democracy. But he said, listen, Samuel, don't take it personal. It's, it, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with you. 
It's all they they've rejected me before. They spit in my face before. I'm, this this is something I'm accustomed to. Not only is this the first time, but they, he said they've done it since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt. Since 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 one day beyond their 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 deliverance, their liberation, their emancipation. The day after, they start complaining again. Because God, back back in Egypt, we had everything that we needed. We you know we had enough stuff to get to get by. Excuse me. But God told him, He said, "Don't take it personal." Get out your feelings, Samuel. It's not about you. I think that's the key that we have to take a lot of times. You know, there's a great opportunity every time that somebody offends you. But every time I'm offended, I have to go back and look at what Jesus went through. And, and, and it just reminds me that if they did it to him, they'll do it to us. They'll do it to me. So 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 I can't be surprised by it. And, and, and I think that's the message for us now. So when you experience offense, don't take it personal. It's got nothing to do with you. It's about the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. And then in verse nine, he just goes on again to tell them. He says, go ahead and heed their voice. But listen, I want you to forewarn them and show them the behavior, what's going to happen when they get that king to reign over them. Now, this is just a, a short list of what 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 uh, Samuel told the people would happen as a result. The first thing the king would do would disrupt their families, just just throw their family unit out of whack. And the family is the basic unit of society. Family is what the enemy is always after. So he wants to disrupt the family. He wants to take daddy out of the equation. He wants to put mama and daddy at odds with one another. He wants to set parents against uh, 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 their kids. But 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 we can't allow him to do that. And that's what this king was going to do. He's going to disrupt families. It said he was going to take take the sons and appoint them to do other things, take the daughters and make them do other stuff. And so that's the first thing. The second thing the king would do, they he, he, he'd force people to work and not necessarily creating some wonderful economic opportunities. We're talking slave labor It's going to force them to work. But but this was their decision. They said, give us a king like everybody else. God didn't want them to be like everybody else. So the king would force people to work. The third thing he would do, he consume their harvest. In other words, he, he'd eat their chicken. He, 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 he drink their liquor. You know, he, he, he consume the things that they worked for. And, and, but that's still the choice they made. They said, we still want a king like everybody else. Okay, maybe point number four. The king will tax you. He said, I'm going to take a tenth of your, of, 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 of your sheep and, 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 and a tenth of this and a tenth of your grain and all this type of stuff and give it to my people. But the crazy thing about it, just to show you how, how fickle human nature is, after Samuel spelled out everything that would happen as a result of being under the rulership of a king, they still wanted a king. Now, now some people are just foolish like that. You, you can sit with a person and say, you know, uh, cigarette smoking causes lung cancer. You know, cigarette smoking causes emphysema. Cigarette smoking uh, uh, causes your teeth to turn yellow, make, make your breath stink. But but you still gonna catch them with they pack of Newports. They don't care about all that. They know the Surgeon General warning right there on the box. But but they don't care about that. You can have somebody who's an alcoholic. You can say you know uh, you you sort of shortening your life up because you you sort of tearing your liver up. You know your uh, kidneys might fail on you. Um, but 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 yet and still they still gonna have their forty. They still gonna do what they desire to do. This is where the the the, the children of Israel were. You can tell somebody who, who makes poor financial choices, um, you know, those bad decisions are going to lead to debt piling up where you feel like it's above your head. 
it, it, it can lead to stress. It, it can lead to bankruptcy. Married folks, your, 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 your financial troubles can lead to divorce. Hello. They, 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 they still wanted a king. I, you know, I, I, you know, I got, I got, I got, I got my plastic. God, God bless me to have a credit card. You better cut that credit card up. Don't live your life as a perpetual slave to debt just because everybody else does. Don't, don't, you, 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 you've got to be different. You, you, you can tell a young person, I tell young people all the time, uh, sex, sex before marriage can lead to STDs. Sex before marriage can lead to unwanted pregnancies. Sex before marriage can, can, can lead to soul ties. Sexual, sexual encounters before marriage can lead to emotional hangups and mess you up for years and years and years. But I'm going to try it on my own. I, I still want to try. I still want to try. Some, some people, you just can't tell anything. Verse, verse 20 says, nevertheless, the people refused to, or verse 19, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we'll have a king over us that we may also be like all the nations. God don't want us to be like everybody else. He told us in his word that he's created us to be a peculiar people. What, what, what don't they understand about this? God has called us as, 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 as the ecclesia, the, those who are set apart. So, so we have to have that attitude and that mindset. But they said we want to be like all the other nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now let me just show you how, how much short-term memory these people have. Flip back to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Now I just read, they said we want a king who's going to go out before us and fight our battles. Now if you look in chapter 7 verse 9, it says, And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried to the Lord. And then when you skip down, it says in verse 11, The men of Israel went out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far um, as below as Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it uh, between Mizpah and Shin and called it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the, in verse 13, So the Philistines were subdued. And they did not come anymore into the territory. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Now, in the, what I just read, they said, we want a king who's going to fight for us. God just defeated the Philistines for him. That's, 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 that's just like human nature. You know, you help some people. And, 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 and before they can say thank you good, they just act like you haven't done anything for them. They, they, they've just forgotten. Somehow it slipped their mind. But we just have to be careful what we pray for. Be careful what we pray for. Prayer shouldn't be viewed as, as, as labor. Some people view it as labor, that I have to work to pray. That's, that, that's like a job. I, I got to get up and go and do something. It's not labor to enter into our Father's presence. When, you know, any, if, if, if you view it as a love relationship, you know, nobody has to force me to spend time with my wife. You know, in the same way, I, I, I love my wife, I love the Lord. People you love, you don't have to be forced to spend time with. So you shouldn't view uh, prayer as labor. Secondly, you shouldn't view prayer as an emergency toolkit that fixes down, broken down situations in your life. Something goes wrong, you want to grab the little hammer and go to the box that says, in case of emergency, break. No, that's not what prayer is for. Prayer, prayer is not, you know, your, your genie in the lamp. That's, that's not what the purpose of prayer is. Prayer simply is communication with God. God talking to us and us talking to God. So we can't view prayer as an emergency toolkit. And thirdly, we should never view prayer as ritual. Some people feel like they, they, it's something they've got to do. 
They've got to do it. It's, it's part of what Christians do. You wake up in the morning and you pray. As opposed to saying that I, I have this love relationship that I just want to talk to my father. I want to talk to the person who created me. I want to talk to the person who knows everything about me. We've got to get to that point, people of God. There are three types of prayer that God answers. Three types. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. This is the weekend word, right? Where the voice of God is heard. So we, we just going to do, do a little digging through the word for a second. But three types of prayer that God answers. The first type we find in verse 7. And of course, this is right before uh, Jesus gives us the Lord's prayer or the model prayer. And Jesus says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't use vain repetitions, but, but uh, as, as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. The first type of prayer that God answers that I take from this is purposeful prayer. Purposeful. God, you know, just not, not just praying to, to, you know, to pray. Right, right when Genesis opens up, it talks about how the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep and it was waiting on a word to be released. And we have to get to that point where our prayers are focused with precision and, 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 and it's not just routine. It's not just praying because this is how we've always heard it done or, you know, praying because this is how it's supposed to be. Prayer has purpose. We have to be purposeful in our prayer. Jesus says, don't use vain repetitions. Don't 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 just, you know, use something that you heard somebody else say. You have to pray out of your heart. And that's what God is looking for. So the first type that God answers is purposeful prayer. Flip over to James chapter five. Is this helping anybody? Good. I'm still preach even if it's not. I'm preaching to myself. James chapter five. We'll find the second type of prayer. Verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The second type of prayer that God answers is passionate prayer. Passionate prayer. Not just the prayer of ritual to say, oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, for the birds and the trees. And, and you're so wonderful. And we thank you for your majestic Holy Spirit. No, he, people who are passionate, who are desperate, who are crying out, who have to fall the, on, on their hands and knees and just cry out and don't care what anybody think. They have to be passionate, passionate. God, more than anything, desires passion. I tell you, it, it just in my time of prayer, I believe the spirit of God is so grieved. He just desires for us to draw near him. Nothing deep, just back to the basics. Just come return to your first love. He, he, he's just crying out for prayer. Simply prayer, prayer, prayer at the foundation of everything that we do as Christians, as human beings, as, as, as spirit beings. Prayer, prayer, prayer. He desires passionate prayer. Not, 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 not just a prayer that you've heard about, not just a prayer that you heard somebody else pray, but a passionate prayer. Where it's burning in your heart. Sometimes the only thing you have in you to pray is Jesus. And just calling his name is all that you need. Passionate prayer. He says the effective fervent prayer on fire. God, God, God hates lukewarm stuff. He told us in Revelation that he'll spew it out of his mouth. So we have to be passionate. God answers purposeful prayer. God answers passionate prayer. And let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
A very short but familiar verse. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. I don't care if you don't see results. Pray without ceasing. Without ceasing. Even when you don't see results, pray without ceasing. You have purposeful prayer. You have passionate prayer. And this third type is persistent prayer. Persistent. When Jacob was wrestling with that angel, he said, you know what? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. There are some things if you believe in your heart of hearts that God has spoken and proclaimed and declared certain things over your life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep believing for it. I'm going to keep confessing. I'm going to keep going to God about it. If I have a family member that's strung out, that's that's struggling, that needs to be delivered. I, I've got to persistently bombard heaven on their behalf because they don't have the mind to do it themselves. So we have to be persistent, persistent. I'm, 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 I'm just a persistent person. I'll call a business and, and ask a question and I have to leave a message and I'm calling them back in a couple hours if they don't call me back. And they were like, sir, we got your message. We were going to get to you. I say, I'm persistent. You should have called me back faster. You got to be persistent. You got to be purposeful. You got to be passionate. You got to be persistent because you have to be careful what you pray for. The children of Israel here, they wanted to be like everybody else. But I, I honestly don't believe that was God's will for their life. I believe that God was calling them to be originals, to be trailblazers. To start a new trend. Why, why be like everybody else? If, if God birthed you as an original, why do you want to die a copy? Let me share a wonderful quote that I just love. It's by Marva Collins. And she said, simply trust yourself. Think for yourself. Act for yourself. Speak for yourself. Be yourself. Imitation is suicide. Trust yourself. Think for yourself. Act for yourself. Speak for yourself. Be yourself. Because imitation is suicide. God is calling us to be ourselves. Just be yourself. Find liberty in being yourself. Be an original. God designs us. God, God's not looking for you to be somebody that you're not. God doesn't want to force you. God wants to use your sense of humor. God wants to use your personality. God wants to use your skill set. God wants to use your passion, your innate abilities to be able to be a blessing unto his kingdom. So we have to be originals, be originals, be originals. You know, I, I tell people anytime they ask me about going on a date or a job interview, they say, what's the one piece of advice you can give me? I said, just be yourself, because I'd rather be hated for who I am than love for somebody I'm not. So you just got to be yourself. <laughs> Baby, love me or leave me. It, it don't matter, but I'm going to be me. I, I, I can only be me. That's 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 the only person that I can be. Nobody else but me. But I just want to give you three keys as an original, because I, I just want you to be an original. Strive to be who you are. Just strive to be who you are. So the first key in being a, an original, as an original, you can't be accused of trying to be somebody else. Nobody can accuse you of that. Now, a funny story my, life, my wife likes to remind me of. When I first came on board at uh, Word of Faith, I had a lot more hair than I do now. And... Um, you know, I, I, you know, I looked at Bishop and I, I looked at all these brothers with all this pretty nice soft hair. But, but, but that just wasn't in my DNA. That wasn't in my genetic makeup. So I was hanging out at Bishop's house one day and, uh, you know, Bishop talked me into putting a texturizer in my hair. <laughs> I have no idea what I was thinking, but I, I was trying to be like Bishop. I say, Bishop got that good soft curly hair. I want good soft curly hair. 
And Bishop put that thing in my hair, and we left it in a little too long. And when I went back to church, my hair was as straight as an oil slick. You could just come off of it. But I tell you, I went to the barbershop that next day and cut it off, and people could never accuse me of trying to be somebody else again. So I thank God I got a big round apple head so I can wear this bald head. But as an original, you can't be accused of trying to be somebody else. Secondly, as an original, you can activate your unique gifts, talents, and gifts. There's something that only you can do. I'm, I'm a strong proponent that God created everybody for a purpose, with purpose, and on purpose. And there's something that only you can do. That, you know, there are certain things that have happened in my heart have been grieved because I realized later on that I was the one who was supposed to address the situation. Just a couple of days ago, a young man who was recently divorced came by the church and I saw him and we were about to have a staff prayer. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? I hadn't seen you in a while. He was like, hey, I'm doing good. How about you? And I told him what had been going on. He said, I hadn't seen you. And I was like, well, you know, we got a new baby, we got a two month old. So I'm busy doing daddy and husband. And he just stood there. And I said, you know, what you up to? And he said, well, I, I guess I'm about to go get a haircut. And I was like, you know, last time I checked, we didn't have a barbershop here at the church. So, you know, I, I was trying to figure out what his purpose was. And when he walked out and left, the spirit of the Lord ministered to me and said he was reaching out to you, Jason. And, and you just missed a wonderful opportunity to minister life to him. And I, and I just felt so grieved because I know that I was the person that was his sole purpose for coming up there. And I missed an opportunity that God had for me. And I looked through our system to try to locate his telephone number, couldn't find it. So I'm just praying that God is going to connect us maybe through email or something. But as an original, you can activate your own unique gifts, talents, and skills. And the final thing is an original. You simply live the life that God intended for you. The life that God intended for you. Not what the life that God intended for your parents. Not the life that God intended for your friends, your co-workers, your mentors. The life that God intended for you. Because when you imitate somebody, the best thing that you can do is be a decent copy. At, at, at best, you, you can mimic people, you can do stuff. At best, you're, you're, you're a copy. But when you simply be yourself, the possibilities are limitless. I wish, I wish I could express to y'all how relaxed I am up here right now. I feel like I got on my pajamas and house shoes. That, that's, how, that's how comfortable I feel because I'm doing what God has called me to do. So the the possibilities are limitless. So I just caution you again to be careful what you pray for. Just by a show of hands, how many people have prayed for something and God's given it to you? Let's be honest. Now, out of that show of hands, how many people wish that God hadn't given you what you prayed for? I'm serious. You have to be careful what you pray for because God, you know, I, I thank God every time he keeps me from receiving something that he didn't intend. And, and I thank him for even snatching back stuff that he gives me that wasn't meant to be in my life anyway. So you have to be careful what you pray for. And I just leave you by saying, take the brakes off. Just take the brakes off. Allow yourself to live life with liberty, with vitality. You don't have to apologize for anybody about it. Just be the best you that you can be. Amen. I just thank you for listening. And if you want to hear this sermon in its entirety, you can go to airjesus.com and type in sermon number 6272. Again, uh, that's sermon number 6272. And we thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. This ends message number 6272 by Jason Thomas. 
To hear other messages or to send this message number 6272 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6272. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.